You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, dear listeners. Welcome to this morning's edition of The Breakfast Show. Today is Thursday, the 2nd of February, 2023. The time is fast approaching uh, four minutes past seven this lovely uh, Thursday morning. So we are in a new month and uh, we've got uh, news, hopes, news aspirations. <laughs> uh, so joining uh, me today, my name is Khalid Bundu. Uh, joining me today, we have uh, Imam Nafis Kamar. How are you this morning? Alhamdulillah, I'm very good. Yes, uh, the weather seems to be a little bit uh, milder now, right? I think it's better than before. It wasn't <laughs> milder before. I think you know, what a difference a week makes. Uh, you know, last week, I remember, it's it quite cold. Exactly. Uh, we're scraping ice off our cars. Mm. <laughs> um, so we've got some interesting topics uh, to discuss this morning. Um, but, um, you know, we, we hope to be talking to uh, some interesting uh, guests with regards to the second topic as well. And also, um, let's just look at what the topics are this morning. So the first segment, uh, we shall just be discussing uh, this first topic after the uh, news and weather. So the first topic we shall be discussing is called, What is the Practice of Feng Shui? A Glance into Taoism. So that's a really interesting topic. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, thoughts or ideas or comments about that particular topic, please do get involved. Our second topic, which we'll sh- uh, we shall be discussing from approximately quarter past eight this morning, right up to the nine o'clock news uh, to the end of the program, we shall be discussing healthy habits to maintain at home to embrace calmness and uh, mindfulness. So those two topics are, are a little bit similar because Feng Shui, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's about, you know, finding the space and uh, you know, creating a, a nice space and also uh, moving things around in, in your house. Exactly. Yeah. So I think when you have this is what I think um, all the things I've you know we all discuss on the program is always there's always an, something that we can relate it back to Islam mm-hmm. because as we know in Islam we talk about cleanliness exactly, keeping our yeah. house clean and yeah, yeah. especially do you remember when uh, lockdown was happening mm-hmm. our beloved caliph the fifth uh, caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association and the fifth successor to the Prophet Muhammad he did say, you know, um, that what we should be doing, we should be airing our houses and putting incense. Exactly. And, uh, you know, just um, you know, keeping our house as clean as possible. Yeah. Um, let's take a very short break. As we um, come back from the break, we shall be carrying on and talking about the weather and the um, different articles and news that's, you know, in the media. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, dear listeners. Welcome to this uh, morning's edition of The Breakfast Show. You're joined today by myself, Khalid Banu. Imam Nafis Kamar and Imam Shazeb Attar. How are you doing, gentlemen? Very well. Very good. Thank you very much. Yes. And we were just talking about how the weather is nice and mild at, um, 
for this time of the the month. I think it's starting to warm up slowly, but you never know. You know, sometimes in February, you might get cold snap. You know. Oh yeah, no. Thank God the days are getting longer. Um, <laughs> before it get dark at four o'clock, and yes. you know you're like, well, when did it start and when did it end? You know, mm. the daylight. But thank God, yeah, days are longer. The weather's better. The cars are cleaner now because of you know the salt that they were, the grits. Yes. Um, so yeah, no. Times are changing for the better now. Exactly. Um, and talking about the weather, I'll just give a quick roundup of the weather report from the Met Office. So, <clears throat> so for today. Uh, there'll be rain, which will be heavy in the western hills, which will affect much of Scotland this morning uh, before clearing all, uh, but for the northwest by the evening. It will be dry elsewhere with very well cloud and be windy for northern England and much of Scotland. It'll be mild for the rest of the country, which is nice. <laughs> and tonight there'll be rain, which will be clearing to the northeast of Scotland, through, um, though there'll be further light rain, which will arrive from the west and initially Northern Ireland, before reaching southwest Scotland and many er other areas will be dry with variable cloud and will remain mild. Uh, look, the outlook for Friday for tomorrow, there'll be some light rain which will continue northeast across Scotland, becoming confined to the Northern Isles by evening, and otherwise many areas will remain dry with variable cloud and it will remain mild, uh, and local, locally it will be very, very, very mild, which is nice. So Scotland getting, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the nice weather uh, up there but you know so let's see what's been happening in the news any interesting stories gentlemen Who well um, mm. my heart's just sank after I read this piece here mm. um, Bank of England is expected to raise interest rates for the 10th time in a row um, and that usually means that they're still trying to curve inflation um, and they want people to save rather than to borrow so the benchmark rate is widely expected to go up from 3.5% to 4%, <coughs> uh, which is incredible. And the rate is already at its highest level for 14 years. Now, albeit we have been um, on a very ex well, extremely low rate, um, and before, actually, the rates used to predominantly be around that sort of mark, 4-5%. Or As its December meeting, the bank rate was increased from 3 to 3.5%, Analysts believe that the rate will peak at 4.5% in the summer. So the question is asked, how could interest rates go even higher than they already have? Well, more rates rises are likely to come, but there is a widespread belief that these may end by the middle of the year. The bank would be keen not to dampen the economy, which is expected to enter recession. The um, key word here. The peak is lower than predictions had suggested when the government was in turmoil after its mini-budget was badly received. Well, I guess we can certainly blame Liz Truss for all of her um, fanatics. And, you know, apparently she was losing a billion pounds a day wow. when she was in power. A billion, yeah. Mm. Um, That's thank God she's gone. Yes. I mean. <laughs> the thing is, um, I was talking to, about this to someone. I was saying, you know, she's come, she's done her damage, and now there's like no accountability yes. and she's going to get her uh, her salary for the rest of her life yeah. 150,000 <laughs> whatever, it is, whatever yeah. it is yeah. a year and for, well yeah. I doubt she'll be giving any speeches because when these ex-prime ministers do give mm. speeches they get paid in hundreds of thousands so mm -hmm. I mean God knows if she do, do those speeches but mm. yeah um, mm. she ruined the economy for sure yeah I think the thing for me that the, the thing that, that annoys me I think is 
like a lot of people in or who are supposed to be representing us yeah. are doing damage and then just walking away with no yeah, accountability. No accountability. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. And it's just, it's just, you know, this is the thing. This is the difference, I think, with Islam. You know, we are aware mm-hmm. that we ultimately we answer to God exactly, Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. So we are aware of what our actions are and we're not, you know... Mm. We're, we're, we're always reminded that mm. God is watching. We are answerable. Exactly. You know, we, we we can't get away with it. That's mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think when you people people say, "Oh, you know, Islam is an archaic religion. It's an old religion. It's mm. something that's." Mm. Uh, but as we show day in day out here at the Voice of Islam, yeah, through our actions in the communities around the globe, we are here. We serve humanity. You know, exactly. We, we are very much mm. part of the fabric of all the uh, countries that we live in, mm. and we com- contribute. Fully to those uh, uh, communities, we are part of those communities. Exactly. We are here in England. We're all British, um, and we do contribute. And when you're talking about um, people say, "Oh, we don't want Muslims coming here," or we don't want um, you know Muslims to to get more, I don't know, more popularity because mm-hmm. apparently they're bringing the Sharia law. But if you look at what the Sharia law is, what the mm-hmm. law of Islam is, it's mm-hmm. a fair law, exactly. But people yeah. pick and choose to cherry pick. What they think is, yeah. you know, take things out of context. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. This is why, <laughs> you know, I think it was uh, last week or the week before we were talking about Harry and Meghan, right? Exactly. And I was saying, you know, how uh, I actually like them. I, obviously, they're not perfect. No one is perfect. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But in my opinion, you know, the book that he had wrote, right? He's written, excuse me, Prince Harry. Um, spare. It, it was spare. Yes. Yeah. They, you know, things were being cherry picked by the media to make him, you know, that would take it out of context. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it just goes to show that mm-hmm. when things are taken out of context, and especially when it comes to like religion, people choose to say, "Oh, you know, re- religion causes war." Mm-hmm. But it's not religion that causes war; it's men that cause war. Exactly. Yeah. Religions yeah. are beautiful. All religions are beautiful. Yeah. If you, if you look at World War One, if mm. you look at World War Two, religion was no factor. A hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. That's it, and then it's always because of the socio-economic factors. Yeah, and this is the thing, like you, um, brother Shazad mentioned, you know, the, the the way the economy is, you know, things are really, really dire. Um, speaking of which, um, there was a teacher strike. I was looking at this article on the BBC uh, news website, and it says so. Most schools in England were affected by the strikes, and uh, the thing is, you know. I think it's coming to such a breaking point mm-hmm. that people do not know what to do exactly. in terms of like that their pay is going down mm-hmm. or it's been re- reduced. Their the future pay is is is, is uh, limited. Uh, the hours they're working is you know I know people that are teachers they work such long hours, mm-hmm. and when even when the holidays are starting, mm-hmm. well never mind the holidays, when they get home they still have to do a lot of extra work, exactly, which yeah. is not being paid for, mm-hmm. you know. And so people are expected to give, 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 give. And then that's why it's coming to a breaking point. And you see, like, next Monday, major, major industrial action will take place. Mm-hmm. The likes of which we've never seen. I've never seen that, you know, the way it will be on Monday, the, the 6th of February. Mm-hmm. So many different um, sectors, show, you know, will be striking. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, what I feel slightly sad about in terms of the um, um, strikes in schools is that a lot of students are now preparing for their mock exams, mm-hmm. mock GCSEs and um, their mock A-levels. A- so, yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. The I was reading the other day, firefighters, you know, um, teachers like you mentioned, 
it seems as if everyone is going on strike, and rightly so, because of the cost of living, and mm. because things are so expensive. Um, and, you know, these jobs, um, they're non-stop. I mean, we can't survive without the emergency services. We can't survive without the education sector. Um, and so the, I think there needs to be some sort of a, a balance which needs to be established here at least because on the other side, mm. the economy, um, not the greatest. Yes. Um, so how do they support, um, how do they subsidize those industries? It's, um, you can't just continuously print money. No, um, of course not. So it's one of those things um, which we hope and pray does yes. improve and um, everybody comes to a an agreed um, agreement. Mm, definitely. I think the thing is also, you know, uh, like I was saying, the 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 state of the economy. There's, you know, we're going through the cost of living crisis. But I I remember ever since there was the debate or the, the debate started about Brexit, I think that's for me. <laughs> I noticed there was definite change in the climate, mm-hmm. and things financially started getting worse and worse and worse from mm-hmm. that point onwards. And then of course we had the pandemic. There was the recession happening. And then now, you know, mm. what do we have? We have, you know, the cost of living crisis. Mm. And what's sad is that still, <laughs> you know, the, the the big industries, big tech and everything else, the especially the the, the oil companies, they're still mm. getting their money. Oh, yeah. Their bonuses, and they, they make record profits. Mm. Yeah. And another sort of news article I, I was listening to this morning was about the, um, how, I think it was British Gas, and maybe some other um, fuel companies, what they were doing, fuel suppliers, they were actually sending debt collectors into people who couldn't pay their their bills, mm. and uh, forcing their way in sometimes, and mm. installing prepayment meters. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure how many people are aware, but with prepayment meters, it's okay because in the sense that you can manage the money, uh, but the, the, rates, the rates, the rates, exactly. The rates mm-hmm. are slightly higher than if you were paid by direct debit. Mm. But the issue with this particular story that I wanted to refer to was that um, what was happening was that they're forcing their way into vulnerable people's homes. So, vulnerable people, we mean people that are elderly, mm-hmm. people that are disabled, people that maybe have learning difficulties, who are living by themselves or mm. with relatives, but predominantly by themselves. Mm. You see that, as unfortunately. Because I've, I work in the health and social care sector, so I've seen a lot of people, elderly people who are mm-hmm. vulnerable, who who got mobility issues, have you know their mm-hmm. arms are not working, their legs, limbs are not working, mm-hmm. and they they are struggling, mm-hmm. struggling to to just survive, mm-hmm. and then now you're getting these companies who are making record profits, but yet they have the audacity mm-hmm. to send in debt collectors, which in itself is a horrible thing, and bailiffs, mm-hmm. and then they're forcing their way in into people's houses mm-hmm. and installing these prepayment meters. Mm-hmm. So that's, there's... Well, that's in a nutshell capitalism for you then, I guess. Well, what, I mean, it's mm. at its finest and greatest. Um, and mm. on the one hand, we mm. have our problems, which, yeah. you know, are, as you quite rightly mentioned, mm. are bad as they are. And on the other hand, you have Israel launching air raids on the Gaza Strip. Mm. Um, Al Jazeera reports that the Israeli military has launched air raids on the besieged Gaza Strip as fears over escalating violence continue in the region. The attacks early on Thursday come in the wake of a deadly Israeli raid in the occupied West Bank city of Jenin last week. The raid in which nine Palestinians were killed was followed by 
Palestinian attacks targeting Israelis over the weekend, including a shooting in occupied East Jerusalem in which seven Israelis were killed. The unrest has also triggered exchanges of fire between Israeli forces and Palestinian groups in Gaza. This included rockets fired from the blockaded strip on Wednesday night. No Palestinian group has claimed those launches. The Israeli military said its air raids hit rocket and weapon production sites used by Hamas, the group that governs Gaza. After the raids, the AFP news agency reported new rounds of rockets fired from Gaza and explosions that shook buildings and lit up the night sky over Gaza. Air raid sirens, meanwhile, sounded in Israeli areas. There were no immediate reports of serious casualties. So, I guess the unrest continues in this part of the world, as it has done so for so many years. And they say that Israeli forces have killed at least 200 Palestinians in the past year. Um, which is a great number um, and I guess you know it seems as if the state over there or at least conditions over there mm-hmm. don't seem to improve and you know that is just um, the stat- is a sad state of affairs that we can see I think the thing the, the, the loss of life on, on, you know, for anyone exactly you know, as, us as, you know, as Muslims we our motto is, you know, especially now in the Armenian Muslim community, is love for or hate for none. So any loss of life is sad uh, in itself. Um, but, you know, I think when you look at the, at the, the stats which you just mentioned, 200 or so you know, in the past year. And, yeah, and, and comparatively, that, I think there's only mm. 30 or so um, Israelis, which is still, you mm. know, mm-hmm. a, a larger number. Yeah. And ultimately, I think what the worst thing about all these sort of violence uh, and all these sort of things that happen, or these air raids, etc., they always ultimately aim and target, uh, or, or apparently not deliberately, but they target the innocent people, the, the yeah. civilians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you hear stories of young children being killed, it's, it's unnecessary, very yeah. disturbing, very sad. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very sad. And you mentioned that, I mean, the world is in unrest. And yes. you mentioned the UK economy and so on and so forth. But people as individuals are doing some good as much as they can. Yes. And it's an inter- interesting story, actually, that the BBC covered. Mm-hmm. So um, Anne Vivian Smith used to be uh, well and used to have a full time job. Uh, she and her partner were earning good money. They were able to afford a home and a car and so on and so forth. But um, several years ago, uh, and started to get ill, um, and so within two years she ended up in the wheelchair. So her partner became her carer. So they both lost their careers, and um, from an earning of forty thousand a year, it went down to twenty thousand a year. And so they couldn't survive without you know um, receiving disability benefits mm. and so on and so forth. So what the so the BBC covered this story uh, about uh, two weeks ago. Um, as a part of uh, their cost of living coverage, mm. and uh, one reader donate after uh, reading that story donated ten thousand pounds to an energy charity to help Anne and others struggling with bills. So oh, yeah. it, it so it's interesting. People as individuals are mm. trying. I mean, helping as much as they can. Yeah, no, that's that's. I think that's the support um, and the the good news that we also need. You know, to yes. share. A couple of weeks before that, I was reading. Um, this single father um, with a four-year-old perhaps mm. you know struggling um, yes. ex- extremely struggling just to, just to survive 
and in the living room there's one bedroom flat sharing a bed um and it's just you know really um really sad to see and they received so many so the so BBC published a report and yes. um after all those uh, the single father received so many <coughs> postcards and messages and support mm. he was so overwhelmed and you know um full of joy that people actually cared you know that's something that we perhaps don't really see nowadays um people looking after other people yes in the you know islamic religion and in islamic world that element is a, a fundamental um principle but perhaps mm. you know in the secular world dare i say there's no sort of incentive to you know go out of your way and help other people mm. or at least there's no teaching as such i, I think that's um that's a beautiful thing you said that you know that it is this is the thing you know um when we were talking about how you know the media are responsible for what is um broadcast out there so when they cherry pick stories mm-hmm. and saying about you know negative things especially when it comes to mm-hmm. uh Islam and maybe some other faiths yeah um they don't look at the good things that are being done by exactly. the, the religion you know people yeah. of all those religions especially with Islam you know mm-hmm. you, you see how Let's I mean look at for example when um let's say I think it was Grenfell when Grenfell happened mm. uh, predominantly there was you know there was there was there was so many muslim organizations that came in mm-hmm. to yeah. help yeah. you know after the aftermath after the aftermath excuse me of the um that horrible incident uh, of course we all knew that you know the powers that be didn't react quick mm. enough there was no support so there was much corruption mm. money which was allocated for support council members were mm. convicted of criminal charges because they were taking them and pocketing the money and that's the extent to which you know this is this is the irony you know people mm. say this is a liberal society it's a fair society mm. there's the, the democracy so what you know so on uh, not so what but so on okay mm. but then you look at they you know people can say oh the point fingers at other maybe third world nations say oh look there's corruption there corruption mm-hmm. the corruption here is is, mm-hmm. is, yeah. is blatant now yeah. this is the thing you know this i remember one thing that the our beloved caliph the fifth uh, caliph of the ahmadiyya uh, muslim community has said uh, may Allah strengthen his hand was that you know this was quite a, a few years ago he did mention that you know people when they have limitations and they they will you know, won't go past the, li- the mm-hmm. limits. When people go to extremities and they go beyond the limits, mm-hmm. that's where you know. The, so now, what you see, wherever it could be, I don't know whether what's been taught to children in schools, mm-hmm. the limit is you know, it's gone way above what they should be learning about. Exactly. So they're learning about things that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. For example, you talk about. The, the the way the wealth is distributed is mm. been distributed unevenly. Exactly. You know, yeah, so there's yeah. all these sort of kind of extreme, you know, yeah. and then look at who's suffering the most in society today. Mm. The people that are just, you know... Just getting by. Yeah, just yeah. getting by. Yeah, exactly. It's actually very interesting because people, people say that if if God exists, they mm. ask, why is there suffering? Why, why isn't there enough, uh, you, you know, food? Why, why are people sleeping mm. hungry? Yeah. But, you know, you, you could blame God if he didn't provide us with enough food, but mm. there is enough wealth. There is enough food. It's just that it hasn't been um, divided properly. It hasn't been distributed properly. People are being selfish. Exactly, a hundred percent. And and people are very aware. People are very clued up now. They know that there's how much wastage there is mm. in uh, in in society. Unfortunately, and uh, we know we were discussing this actually um, two weeks ago. We were saying how what's been happening is that um, for many years, 
you know, people are quite aware that there's um, um, waste from um, so many supermarkets. Exactly, yeah. And they just throw away perfectly good food mm-hmm. because it's the end of the day. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they do reduce the price and they do sell it, <coughs> which is okay. Mm-hmm. But then um, there was this trend, which happens all over the world now, yeah. which is called dumpster diving. Yeah. So people go into bins mm. of a major supermarket, of, of mm-hmm. it could be any company. So you're talking about companies that are like uh, technological mm. companies. The, the things that are being thrown in a bin, mm. it's sad. Mm. The, the things that are perfectly, perfectly good. And you see, I was watching this, um, this documentary about this gentleman. He was doing it as, as not as a living, but he was just his practice. And he had been doing it for years. And he was opening bins from so many different mm-hmm. Supermarkets, you know, it doesn't matter which one it was, but mm-hmm. across the board, <coughs> perfectly good food, mm-hmm. rather than you know distributing it. Yeah. And I think <coughs> there is there is scope if they, if if people choose to distribute money correctly, exactly. yeah. wealth correctly, mm. and especially when it comes to food, mm-hmm. in the, especially <coughs> in this day and age, you know, mm. the, uh, what's sad is uh, you know, I mean, it's good in the one sense that. You see these uh, baskets mm. in supermarkets that are being uh, collected, are uh, collecting food and groceries mm. for uh, food banks. That's good on one hand, mm. but then why should people ha- be having to go to food banks? You know? Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Mm. His, mm. which reminds me of mm. what His uh, Holiness, as, uh, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, yes. once mentioned. He mm. said that, you know, if we stop worrying worrying about our own rights mm. <clears throat> and start caring about others and giving other people their rights. Yes. So in other words, if everyone mm. is giving the other person their due right, then so many problems can be solved, whether it's economical problems in the society, even family issues and so on and so forth. So I think it's very beautifully uh, put by his holiness. Definitely. And, and this is, again, uh, there's just so many things. I mean, this is why um, I think there's like double standards out there when we've been advised, like, for example, during lockdown, you know, you know, stay in, don't go out, blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm, and then you exactly. see people, other people having not one, just one party, but many parties. Many parties, yeah, and exactly. When, yeah. And when people wanted to go and see their relatives who were ill in the hospital, <coughs> and then unfortunately they didn't see them. Exactly. Because they, they had to be, you know, they had to keep a distance <coughs> or whatever it was because of the, the um, you know, of because of um, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But then I think, again, that was a thing that was, wasn't handled particularly well again it's about people you know giving the other person their due right means that you stay home mm. that you don't go out and if everybody had complied the way they should have yes. include, including the government yes we would have been living completely fine within a few months probably i think so and yeah. I, yeah and then when you see this is this was another thing that i think it was quite heartbreaking that when at the beginning of the pandemic you saw that it was not governments or councils or the society I'm doing. No governments or councils that were trying to feed the the population. It was people going out to feed their neighbours, mm-hmm. doing shopping for strangers, trying mm-hmm. to help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know what what what, what was happening from the government's point of view? They were getting backhanders. Yeah, so again, this is my personal point of view. But it's common knowledge in the news that they're getting backhanders to set up these bogus companies, mm-hmm. supposedly to bring in PPE. And then how much? How many did they lose? How much money did they lose? It's not millions; it's billions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lost on our name. Yeah. Know? Well, this this is what's happening right now with Michelle Moan, mm-hmm. who's a, a peer. Um, and what happened is apparently she uh, had a uh, she 
put a, a, a company with, mm. in contact with the government called MedPro. Um, and they, I don't know how many tens or millions or hundreds of millions pounds worth of PPE contract, you know, um, she got for that company. Now what's come to light is that apparently um, that company, which she introduced to the government, mm. is apparently um, in what well, she's connected with the company. Right. Um, and now she's selling off assets, yachts, you know, property in Belgravia, so on and so forth. And she stepped back from the House of Lords too. So there's a whole inquiry happening um, into mm. where those funds actually were. Um, set aside but you know that's some of the negativity the, on the positive side mm. you know there's a lot of schemes that the Chancellor who's now the Prime Minister introduced um, mm. help out to eat out scheme which I'm sure all of us thoroughly used mm. um, the various bounce back loans and furlough was a huge thing so a, a lot of a lot of money was spent hence why we yes. are in the situation where we are with the economy but um, I think yeah, a lot of people did neg uh, sort of benefit in the wrong in the wrong way in terms of um, getting loans which they should not have um, and aren't paying back. HMRC is cracking down on those people, but mm. you know, to what effect? Only time will tell. Well, that's the, that's the thing we have to see when when you talk about um, certain companies, certain delivery companies, certain companies that are online and they they not paying their taxes in the UK. Yeah, and, and not just that that one. Well, company. a chancellor. I mean. Everybody should be probably aware of <laughs> Deems Harvey's affairs. Yes. I don't know. I mean, he shouldn't. I, in my personal opinion, I don't, I don't think he should have got sacked. Mm. Um, he paid his fine. I think total um, tax that he paid was around four or five million pounds because mm. he owns that company called YouGov, the right. opinion poll. Um, and now, because of the fact that he paid, you know, late or there was an issue, mm. he had to pay a fine to HMRC. Um, Prime Minister's come under so much scrutiny that he's had to sack his his um, head of um, the Tory party, chairman of the Tory party. So, I don't know. I think this is all a distraction from the main problems that we do have around cost of living, um, around the war in Ukraine, which is affecting us. Um, th this is my personal belief. I think all of these issues are being raised to distract us from the main issues, the I, issues I, which will, you know, dramatically affect everyone's pockets. Yeah, I think the thing is ultimately, like, uh, when you looking at things from a, through the lens, or you know, being Muslim, I think what we try to do is rather than looking at the problems, looking we look at solutions. You know, mm. and this is what I think needs to be happening. Uh, obviously. There's there's a um, you know, recession and there's other financial factors like you said you know there's lots of things and lots of spending that did happen, but again when you when you look at where the money's been distributed I think it can be evenly distributed so that everyone is taken care of. There, I mean it's, it's a matter of choice really. Let's see because like as as ever <laughs> the ones that line their pockets you know they they get away with it, mm. um, but. One final um, article I wanted to talk about um, uh, is a. I'm not sure if it's a positive story or not. So, as you may be aware, I'm originally from uh, Mauritius, Mauritius yes. and there's on this article. It's in the Guardian. So there's a company uh, which um, is a G genetics company, mm. and what they are trying to do is they're hoping to bring back the dodo. Mm. They're hoping to bring it back to life, and uh, there's a few other. Um, animals that are extinct mm. and they're hoping to bring back to life and I think the thing is 
you know, give him, I mean, like I said, I'm from Mauritius and I've obviously never seen a dodo because they came, became extinct a long, long time ago. Mm. But the point is, I think, uh, I think there should be other priorities at this, at this day and age, you know? Yeah. To perhaps be using a gene, a genetics engineering to perhaps cure some diseases or a lot of diseases exactly. rather than focusing <laughs> on the past, you know, <clears throat> people at the present. But uh, mm. that was, I'm not sure if that's a positive story. I'm not sure what um, Mauritian people will think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, gentlemen, now let's take a short break. Um, after the break, we shall be delving into our first topic. Um, if our listeners want to get involved, please do give us a ring on 0208-687-7878. You can also tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Please join us after this very, very um, short break. Selections from the writings of the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam. The unity of God is a light which illumines the heart only after the negation of all deities whether they belong to the inner world or the outer world. It permeates every particle of man's being. How can this be acquired without the aid of God and his messenger? The duty of man is only to bring death upon his ego and turn his back to devilish pride. He should not boast of his having been reared in the cradle of knowledge, but should consider himself as if he were merely an ignorant person and occupy himself in supplications then the light of unity will descend upon him from God and will bestow new life upon him. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. <coughs> Asalaamu Alaikum, may peace be upon you. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show here at The Voice of Islam. Um, just before the break, we were going over some of the morning papers, seeing what's been published this morning, um, the news and what have you. Um, now it's, I think, time that we do make our strides towards the first segment. Now, the first segment, a very interesting one, and perhaps many of our listeners aren't aware which is about the practice of Feng Shu, uh, a glance into Taoism. Imam Nafis, what is Feng Shui? So Feng Shui means uh, the way of wind and water. Uh, It has roots in er early Taoism, but is uh, still popular today, having spread throughout China and even um, the Western cultures. By definition, Feng Shui is a practice (coughs) of arranging the pieces of in, in living spaces to create balance with the natural world. Uh, this is what it means to uh, feng shui your home, basically. Uh, the goal is to harness energy forces and establish harmony between an individual and their environment. Um, feng shui is a, is a method of balancing yin and yang. <clears throat> it stems from the belief of shi, uh, the life force that inhibits everything. So um, I think in, in, in a nutshell, mm. it's um, uh, it's uh, something that is uh, derived from Taoism. Yeah, it's a more or less a uh, where you organize stuff, try to connect with nature, as as the literal meaning means the way of wind and water. Mm. No, very mys- mysterious and very um, sort of spiritual, should we say? Um, the way of the wind and the water, something perhaps um, that again, you know, our listeners um, 
Is that, Habit, is that the title of the new Avatar film, Way of the Water? Sounds. <laughs> it is, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it may actually be. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, I think I think what's beautiful about something like this is that um, it's um, this is why I think um, a lot of people look to sort of China for knowledge because they, they're very, very much in touch with nature and, you know, your daily life. And I think if you look at Islam as well, Islam has so much... Uh, emphasis on on how you live your daily life and the things that we do or need to do to benefit ourselves exactly. and the society at large. And this is again this that's why I think you know Islam is such a beautiful practical religion. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about simple things like um, you know um, cleanliness, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you when you mm-hmm. before you you pray, you mm-hmm. you do your ablution. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain customs that you need to do before you start eating, you know, mm-hmm. you pray and you, you know, put blessing on things. But of course, the way you eat as well, mm-hmm. you know, the way you talk, the way you, and, and then you got things like um, fasting and people say, oh, fasting is so difficult, but it's not difficult. It's, it's mm-hmm. Muslims look forward, and actually it's not far off, or, you know, we, we're already in February, mm-hmm. I believe next month we Ramadan will start again, mm-hmm. uh, which we're all looking forward to. But that in itself, there's so many benefits that we get from there. You know, not, not, not to mention all the you know how our body detoxifies itself. Uh, and I think with Feng Shui as well, it's about you know um, sort of um, organizing things and cleansing things and and making more. I think um, uh, I don't. Know, I would say make it put things in order. Mm. Everything is sort of in its in its right place yes. harmoniously. Um, you know, these are I think a lot of these principles actually do tie in with Islam. If a guest mm. arrives, be as generous and as hospitable as you can, mm. um, but do not overindulge in formalities. Yes, and do not spoil the beauty of your home. Treat your home with respect, even if it's a rental accommodation. And that's sort of a key point nowadays. What you find is people trash rental plate um, accommodation. Unfortunately, yes. Um, do not scribble on walls, dispose of the rubbish in the rubbish bins, which should be appropriately placed around the house. And what you find here is mm. the um, oriental teams, yes. um, you know, that do play at the World Cup or you know, big sort of tournaments. Yes. They'll leave their dressing rooms spick and spam. Yes. You know, they'll tie up their, they'll fold up their um, shirts and what have you. Even their supporters, um, you know, will clean out the stadiums. So it's very practical and very logical teaching um, a teaching I guess which all of us can really inculcate within our day to day lifestyles um, and it's also believed by doing these things that you're ensuring good health improving your relationships and bringing luck and prosperity which everybody needs you know mm-hmm. um, and some early examples of Feng Shui can be found in the placement of ancient China grave sites Feng Shui followers believe good geography can protect the owner's offspring it's funny that you mentioned about geography as well because I was watching uh, some program many years ago about how even when they're designing cities and buildings, the way that the cities and buildings are placed and the way that they're designed is to 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 inculcate these 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 um, ideology of feng shui mm-hmm. so that thing flows naturally. There's a natural flow to where the buildings are, you know, the, and the way the buildings are designed as well. It's amazing. So there's lots of things that um, you know. Are done to to sort of um, create a better environment. Yeah, I think mm. um, I think these these elements from various parts of the world, these different beliefs, you know, they're really important that we do discuss them um, and cover them because a lot of people, you know, won't be aware 
of you know the teachings of a certain part of the world and how different and abstract it can be from other parts of the world um, according to Islam's teaching a home should be a place where family members can find peace and comfort you know and that is the key um, the key principle here the family system Islam which, which which Islam established allows a family then further on in society to flourish and succeed and it what it further does is it cultivates a bond of love and affection between all members of the family um, and without this what you'll find is a deplorable um, and detestable society because if those foundations aren't laid upon an early stage within the family then you know as those members move on in life um, they won't really be able to bond with other partners and what will happen is a whole society will crumble being especially kind and considerate towards parents mm. um, bickering and petty quarrels disrupt the peace of the household elders should be respected and the youngest one the younger ones should be treated with affection um, inculcate mutual trust treat friends relatives and acquaintances with consideration and courtesy so all of these teachings really um, tying in with the the basic Islamic fundamentals and teachings, um, and again, you know, a lot of those people that do raise, like a brother Nafis was mentioning earlier on, allegations against Islam, don't really understand Islam, um, because if they did so, then they would know that you know all of the things which Islam teaches are very logical um, and tie in with our daily lifestyles. Exactly, and uh, for example, if you look at these teachings. I mean, your home should be a place of uh, peace and comfort and love. Mm. And you you must have that in your life. And that's what your home is. That, that That's, in other words, the meaning of a home. Mm. So when you have that, you're, it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. It's good for your mindset. Uh, you know, having a um, healthy, healthy mindset. Mi- mindset, you mm. have a healthy production. And, you know, ha- having a healthy lifestyle, yeah. it leads to you being happy and being able to help others. So it leads that you'll be a um, a good asset not for your just for your family but also for society, society so it's, so, yeah. so it's very very interesting yeah 100% you know mental health being the, the key word there which you mentioned um you know if if there's if that environment that you have at mm. home isn't as it should be um which in you know a lot of cases isn't the case you know unfortunately then yeah, i think this is why you've seen so many problems in society when mm-hmm. you have the your base which should be <coughs> your place of refuge and comfort and peace yeah. And when that's been disrupted, if that's this is what we were talking about earlier, yeah, um, we're saying that you know if um, this is one of the things that th- we're so blessed, uh, especially in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, that we have as our spiritual leader, our Imam, mm. in the in the guise of our Caliph, um, Hazrat Mizar Masrurahman, may Allah strengthen his hand, who told us at the outset of mm. of COVID, when you're going to be in lockdown now, mm-hmm. cleanse your homes, open the windows, you know. Mm-hmm declutter don't eat certain things exactly. all these things you know account you know like you just mentioned there brother Shazab you know if you're having a messy house uh, and and I was reading something about what a psychologist said you know he said that your bedroom or your house is an extension of your mind mm-hmm. so if you have just clutter and nonsense around you yeah. you're going to feel the same way mm-hmm. yeah. and this is the thing when you especially when you're opening a window, you're airing the, the mm-hmm. room, the house. Mm-hmm. It's so beneficial because mm-hmm. you're taking out all the toxic air. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, what's beautiful about this uh, Feng Shui as well is that all these things are inculcated in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you quite rightly mentioned about how this 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 mindset 
of, of obviously like we saw them with the Japanese um, fans mm. at the World Cup Qatar mm-hmm. World Cup when they were cleaning up the stadiums mm-hmm. and uh, and especially the football players mm. the the locker room was immaculate yeah and mm. you thought you know it was actually looking better than I don't know hundred yeah. percent these things aren't taught yes these things are from a very young age the yes. children adopt it they know no different um, and if parenting and you know all of the other things that are attributed to parenting done in a correct manner um, especially tying this in with Feng Shui then you know society at large will definitely improve rather than um, be as you as we see it now you know where you know there's so much litter and clutter and all sorts of um, mess definitely I think that's the thing and that's why I think you know um, when we talk about um responsibilities of an adult slightly going off tangent just a little bit but it is I think the responsibility of the adult to to keep the house clean especially for your children because mm-hmm. then you're setting an example aren't you you're setting a standard exactly, exactly. Yeah. and and uh, in this day and age so many studies are coming out so many experts and mm. you know people who are life coaches mm. they're giving speeches that mm. you know you need these things you know a lot of people start off there you know, inspirational talks by saying that, you know, you can't be successful unless you make your bed every day, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah. if, if you look at religion, religion has been teaching this from years, thousands yeah. of years. Yes. And, you know, studies are coming out now. So um, there's a, religion is, in other words, the solution to so many problems. Yes. Yeah. This, is, this is what makes me laugh sometimes when, when people say, oh, we don't like the idea of organized religion. I think... What what part of society is not organised? You know, mm. even when we, the basic thing of like crossing the road, exactly. it's organised. If you were just to walk across the road, you get knocked over, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. So I I don't understand what this terminology of like organised religion. Everything has to be organised. Mm-hmm. Everything has its place and its time and its uh, mm. you know, appropriateness. And that's the thing. Um, people who are very critical should actually delve into. Let's talk about. Um, Islam, for for example, delve into it, mm-hmm. do your research before you start criticizing, mm-hmm. but then you see there's so many beautiful aspects mm-hmm. of it, you know? Exactly. And the mm. most important function of Feng Shui mm. um, is to address any issues outside a home or building. So the surrounding environment is more important than the interior of your home or office. And what's, you know, the... Um, if the Xi energy mm. um, is blocked or altered, it can't really flow freely. So in such instances, no amount of cures or remedies made inside your home office will correct the issue. So the, the goal of Feng Shui really is to, to correct, um, remedy and attract Xi energy into your home um, and to allow it to flow throughout. So the Xi energy it needs to be balanced. Um, and they say that this is achieved through sort of five elements, um, and we'll come to those elements shortly. But a Fi Shu practitioner will use several tools, such as a magnetic compass to take readings of a building site or an existing home or building. Um, often work with architects, interior designers, and homeowners to maximize the flow of positive energy. So now this is, this is a different step now, it's a different level. Yes. Um, and, you know, we will talk about those five principles of um, Feng Shui um, and what the rules are, but we are fast approaching 8 o'clock news, so we'll take a short break, and um, after the break we'll look, come back and discuss this in further detail. You are listening to the recording of a live show. 
Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the name of Allah most gracious ever merciful. Um, assalamu alaikum may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you dear listeners. Welcome back to this uh, Thursday edition of the Breakfast Show. Uh, today's show is being presented by Imam Shazeb Attar, uh, Imam Nafiz Kamar and myself Khalid Banu. So we're discussing um, the topic of Feng Shui. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. No, we've been uh, profusely told off for pronouncing it correctly, so our sincere apologies. I think we need to watch yeah. Kung Fu Panda because I think they reference this a lot. Well, they may do, actually. Yeah, the correct yeah. and, um, yeah. So I think especially when we talk about um, focusing and uh, your chi, your, your energy. I think you're pronounced chi wrong. <laughs> I think it's chi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, absolutely interesting topic. Um, Definitely, we're, we're talking about life at home and how it should be organized and how Islam teaches. Um, so His Holiness, the fifth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, was a Masul Ahmad. So his personal life at home is a practical reflection of the guidance uh, he gives in, in his sermons and classes and addresses and uh, to auxiliary organizations. This is not from today or since he was chosen as Khalifa al-Masih, but rather it has always been his way to live his life according to the commandments of Allah. The, the same is the case today. However, ever since the responsibility of Khilafat was given to him, uh, this has acquired a new uh, demeanor. Hazur, um, the uh, Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, always pays special focus on worship, to strictly adhere to the timings of Salat himself and to inculcate this in his family. Uh, there were many challenges during our time. So so this is, um, uh, I believe, uh, his son, Rizal Vukas uh, Ahmed, um, um, saying this, that there were many challenges during our time in Africa, but beyond the challenges of the time, uh, what remains a strong memory is Hazur's adherence to the five daily prayers. If there is anything that Hazur has constantly asked us about since childhood, it is about performing Salat. His immersion in Salat and his weeping is exemplary. To completely cut off from the affairs of surrounding him, to devote, devotedly stand before God is a special characteristic of uh, Hazur. So it's, 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 um, it's very interesting um, that, you know, um, uh, that that we we have this yes yes exactly we have this insight into um, how our spiritual leader our beloved caliph Azrul Mizar Masur Ahmed Milad strengthens and how he speak, was speaking especially about you know um, salat which is um, prayers um, so let's look at some of the advantages and disadvantages of Feng Shui uh, the pros of Feng Shui added together allow you to enjoy the optimum use of a particular area or room based on its location. Feng Shui followers believe pros include improving communication and relationship skills, getting your finances in check, attracting more love and luck, and attracting more good fortune, and alleviating pain. This is exactly what we need in society these days. Mm, Um, I do believe we have an audio clip. Um, I'll just play that now. Allah Ta'ala says that whenever we are going to start anything, we should seek Allah's help. Pray to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for us. And seek Allah Ta'ala's help and His guidance. If it is good for you, then Allah Ta'ala 
make it easy for you and make it comfortable for you and satisfy your heart in this regard. So if you feel satisfaction in your heart and you are praying to Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala will help you and it will not end up as a bad result. But also must remember that we should always pray to Allah Ta'ala in every respect that whatever we are doing, Allah Ta'ala always help us. We sought Allah Ta'ala's help when we started it. And we should seek Allah Ta'ala's help even while we are doing it. And till the end of our life, we should seek Allah's help and guidance. So then Allah Ta'ala will help us. And when Allah Ta'ala helps us, then the end of that thing is never bad. So those were the beautiful words of uh, wise words of our beloved Khalifa, Hazrat May Allah strengthen his hand. And it just goes back to what we were saying originally, mm-hmm. time and time again, that it comes down to um, sort of prayers and, and and ultimately turning and believing God. And and I think you know, being for us believing God means being a, you know a Muslim, and we look at what our spiritual leader has been saying to us. In terms of you know, um, you know, being good members of society, turning to God, mm. uh, and this ultimately, I think, will create a nice environment that this particular, um, what should I call it? This this uh, this way of life, I would say, mm. the, the feng shui, the way of life, or the, the their principles of feng shui, mm-hmm. they tie in very much with with the principles of Islam. I think in, in, on on different levels. Yeah. Uh, that's just my like personal opinion. But I think this again, Islam has so much to give in terms of uh, benefiting society. This because ultimately, this topic is about finding the positives yeah. in this in this um, tradition, this way of life, these yeah. these beliefs in in Feng Shui. And uh, and I, I would also say, you know, um, for people who need more understanding about it, there's there's many different websites about it. But like I said, yeah. my reference is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, we are by no means experts. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this is the first time I've sort of heard of this uh, practice. Mm. Um, and it's it's an eye-opener, really, um, because... And it's very strange the mm. way, you know, we were just speaking off air about how different cultures and societies and uh, people in different parts of the world have their own um, practices um, and... and these sort of uh, elements, um, which is very fascinating and interesting because it just shows you how, you know, because naturally we tie all of this in with God um, and how Allah has um, um, established these these teachings um, or at least put it in the mindset of the people who have then on, gone to establish them. So it's, um, it's certainly news for me and it's certainly very interesting to see how different people practice sort of these different um, elements, um, and yeah, there there will certainly be uh, more on this in our future um, topics. It'll be very interesting um, to continue with this sort of theme mm. at least to see where it takes us um, and to sort of delve in more into the the culture um, or the teachings of um, Feng Shui, should we say? Yeah, brilliant. I think uh, that that very nicely summarises and wraps up that particular segment. We shall be to- uh, taking a short break, and when we come back from our break, we shall be delving into our second segment, which is about healthy habits to maintain at home. 
to embrace, uh, embrace calmness and mindfulness. And it's funny because it's quite, uh, it's, uh, in, in a way, related to what we've been discussing exactly already this very, morning. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. These, these, these topics before you do cut for the break, um, mm. absolutely loving them uh, yeah. because they're, they're so positive uh, and so meaningful. Um, and, you know, they allow us to have these positive conversations, which I think we certainly need. Definitely. I think, yeah, in this day and age, this is what society demands, isn't it? Right, let's go for a short break, gentlemen, and uh, we shall be coming back and delving into our second topic after the break. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, dear listeners. Welcome back to this edition of the Breakfast Show today, Thursday, the 2nd of February. Um, so um, let's look at the second topic for this morning. We shall be discussing uh, healthy habits to maintain at home, to embrace calmness and mindfulness. It's quite um, similar to, I think, some of the principles of Feng Shui. Um, but Nafis, can you tell us about what the gist of the story is, please? Yeah, exactly. So um, coming out of the pandemic, it, ha- it can be difficult to leave uh, the home or perhaps uh, even stay at home. Uh, it's also completely normal to feel restless after staying at home uh, a bit too long. So in today's show, uh, we will um, uh, try to help provide uh, fa- with families with um, tips and tricks on how to transform their home and home environment into one that does not restrict them but helps them aid their creativity and keep them at ease when resting at their own house mm. no really it's a, it's a very interesting topic um, um and i guess i think a lot of people perhaps don't really give a second thought um how you know islam teaches about bringing up children um in a cleanness and a safe space um and Islam, it definitely puts an emphasis on setting an example for children. Um, and if they see their, if the children see their parents putting an effort to clean and maintain a, a calm home environment, they will also follow suit. So, um, mindful and having a calm home, I think, are the fundamentals, as we were mentioning earlier on, on building a robust um, and all-terrain sort of society, if there is one. Um, and it's... You know, it's you know, it's absolutely um, imperative that we do. Otherwise, what we will find is, um, and we are actually in, in parts of the world, society is crumbling. Um, you know, it's just full of young adults, or not young, not even young adults, children making mm. TikToks as mm. they please. Not not that there's anything wrong with it, but mm. you know, it's there's no productivity. The the, the direction which mm. we are heading towards isn't a productive one. Um, mm. Our fundamentals, our teachings of looking after one another. Nowadays, if for sort of a random example, but nowadays, if someone is um, being um, hurt or you know is in a fight or is injured, people will immediately pull their phones out and start recording said person rather than trying to help that person. And that's what we're finding um, in our society. So it's a sort of a key topic whereby we can talk about you know having that calm home, having those those traditional teachings at least in place so that our children do have that greater um, uh, future that they you know so should deserve it's interesting what you you were uh, saying there about having 
uh, some calmness at home and, and especially in the upbringing of children because um, I think it's so easy, um, you know, to just uh, react to something, you know. Uh, I, I, it's so easy just to say to a child, oh, you know, this is wrong, you know. And I think you, you see that sometimes in school as well. You have that, that the teachers are quite quick to say, oh, yeah, you've done that wrong, you know, mm. rather than say, okay, let's look at it from a different angle. I think it's just using the language in, yes. in an appropriate manner. How you articulate and communicate. Exactly, yourself, yes. yes. So I do believe we have our first guest for this morning's uh, uh, segment, for this particular segment. We have on the line with us Professor Mark Williams, who is the Emeritus Professor of Clinical Psychology at the University of um, Oxford. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Voice of Islam. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, um, Professor Mark Williams. So, Professor Mark Williams, like I said, is a professor at the University of Oxford, and he has a post at the Medical Research Council's Cognition and Brain Sciences Unit at Cambridge and the University of Wales, Bangor, and was founding director of the University of Ox Oxford's Mindfulness Centre that works to prevent depression and enhance human potential through the therapeutic use of mindfulness across the lifespan. So, Professor Mark Williams, um, with the recent pandemic slowly subsiding, what do you think the impact of it has been on the human psyche? Well, I think the important thing to know is that the data on that is still coming in. But all the indications we have from studies suggest that actually it's had a huge effect on people's mental health. Um, some years ago, there was an outbreak of SARS, that's the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome in Hong Kong, remember, in 2003. And so there's been a long time to study the after effects of that in Hong Kong. And in fact, there was quite a lot of psychiatric problems, especially with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder and depression. And it looks as if the same thing is happening here in Britain after the COVID outbreak, especially for those who... Uh, were already vulnerable, young adults, uh, women, those with pre-existing mental health conditions and, and people with socioeconomic disadvantage as well, and those from minority ethnic communities. So um, people who we always knew were at a disadvantage in some way uh, have experienced more mental health problems than others. Uh, thank you for that, Professor. And you know, being the, the founding director of the Oxford Mindfulness Centre, uh, what do you believe are the best ways to remain mindful and calm in the face of um, adversity? Well, mindfulness is an interesting thing that goes back two and a half thousand years to early Buddhism, um, obviously. And what's happening is over the last 20 or 30 years, it's been rediscovered. Mindfulness isn't just about being Buddhist, it's about being human. So we all know what it's like to be mindless as we go around from day to day, sort of not, not tasting our food and rushing from one meeting to the other and sort of not thinking about things and listening with only one ear at a time to one person and trying to listen to something else at the same time. That's sort of rushing around being mindless. And mindfulness means really being aware. That's learning to pay attention to what's happening in the outside world and, and the inner world and doing so with sort of clarity, with lucidity, and also with compassion. Mm. So mindfulness has been found to calm the body and mind, but there are many activities, of course, that can calm us, like exercise and that sort of thing, which is really good. Mindfulness goes beyond calmness 
to teach the skill of seeing clearly the patterns of the mind. So you can take during the day, if you want to be mind- mindful, you can do a formal mindfulness course, of course, but you can take brain breaks, take five minutes, taking a pause, asking yourself, is this what I'd intended to be doing right now? Um, you can move your attention around, just practice paying attention by, um, for example, even now, listeners can sort of ask themselves, what do my feet feel like as they're touching the ground? So it's a sort of sense of just uh, going away from your from your thoughts for a, for a moment and putting your attention in the body. That that little break can can make all the difference. Also, you can do little things like moving five percent more slowly between places when you're moving from one place to another, either in your office or uh, out and about or around your home, you can just move 5% more slowly. And what that does is calm things down and allow you to see what's going on in your mind more clearly. That's um, very interesting, uh, Professor. Do you know, in our previous segment, we were discussing uh, some of the principles of Feng Shui. Uh, and it, it seems that some of the things that you're, you're mentioning um, has um, some sort of relation. To, do you ever use any sort of um, principles of Feng Shui when you're doing these um courses or teaching we don't use feng shui principles but we do ask people to notice what's around them and the impact of what's around them is having on their own mood Um, and one aspect of this is beginning to see things as if for the first time Mm. you know we take things for granted a lot yes we take other people for granted we take our homes on our things things we own for granted and even if you just look around the room you're sitting in you can usually find something that reminds you of some somebody or some good time or something that you've you've just almost forgotten about. So there's a sort of sense of the of the natural ability we normally do to take things for granted and begin to sort of wake up again to the things that are around us and to see them as if for the first time. And that gives us a sense of appreciation and gratitude, which we so often lose in the busyness of life. Mm, no, exactly. Um that's the sort of key word here especially um in, in this part of the world where we live um everybody's so incredibly busy um yeah and that leads me on to the next question really does our home and the way that it's organized and kept have an impact on our ability to remain a good mood and, and really stay focused well there's been research suggesting that our homes account for quite a bit of our total happiness and uh, quite a lot of people who say they're happy with their homes are happy in life in general because our homes are really important. But I think it, we have to say that it's it's really hard to juggle all the things we have to do. So when we say we're over busy, you know, it can sound a bit critical and judgmental. But actually, it's natural to be to be for us in sense to be busy. We get we get caught up in things. So one of the things is to really notice if we're being over busy if we're having a struggle in juggling the things we have to do and and be more kind to ourselves. Um, sometimes there are things you can do. You can avoid switching too rapidly from one task to another when it's not necessary. I mean, we've all got to some extent multitask, but often when we call it multitasking, what's actually happening is is, is what you call multi-switching. In other words, we're rapidly going from one thing to another. And and it takes because it takes time to get back to something, it actually interferes quite a lot. So if you're working on a document and an email comes in, 
it's very tempting to go, oh, I'll just answer that email and get back to my document. But it takes time to switch from the mind that's doing your document to the mind that answers emails. And when you go back to the document, it takes time to get back into the document again. And all that time, that's called the switching cost. It takes extra time. So if you just worked until you'd naturally finished that part of the document for the next half an hour and then switch to do one or two emails, you can you can prevent that switching cost from wearing you down and making you exhausted. Mm, very much so. And you talked about, Professor Mark, you talked about how, you know, in this very moment, we should sort of sense are our feet touching the floor um, and being mindful in general. So, so how do we go about and implement mindful practices in the home? Um, and how do we sort of maintain them? Well, I think, that, as I've said about noticing very small things you might have taken for <coughs> granted, I, I once met um, a lady who had three boys and a husband to look after, and she was getting very exhausted because they never did anything that she wanted them. She would say, oh, clear up your rooms and tidy up, and nobody's done the dishes, and you, you've left your bikes out at the front of the house again, and she'd put them behind. I'm always telling you to put them behind. And they were never obeying. The boys weren't obeying her, and the husband was ignoring her. And so she decided in a sort of moment, I think, of great insight to, instead of shouting at them all the time, she decided to really look out for the smallest things that they did right. So I, I remember she said she thanked one son for putting one sock slightly near the dirty clothes basket. I mean, you know, one sock was suspended on the edge of the dirty clothes basket. The other one was lying nearby. But instead of saying, why didn't you do that? She said, Oh, thanks for putting your thanks for putting your socks in the dirty clothes basket. And she found that for some remarkable reason, they thought, oh, okay. And they started to do things. So one of them left their bike a little further around the side of the house instead of at the front. And she said, Oh, thanks for moving your bikes. And they changed. And when I asked her, Well, what do you think the change was about? She said that the boys had said to her, Oh, you're in such a good mood, Mum, these days. And they'd responded to her good mood by changing what they did, basically stopping the battle. So noticing these very small things and appreciating them, small things about yourself and small things about others can be really helpful, I think. I mean, there are other things you can do, like putting your phone slightly out of reach at night so it's not right by your bed. So you tend to turn over and reach for your phone. And of course, people can always take a, take a course if they want to. You can do a mindfulness course online or with a teacher. Um, you can use an app or buy one of the books. I mean, part of what we do at Oxford here is is write books, not just for people who are severely depressed, but for everybody. So a few years ago, we wrote a book called Mindfulness, Finding Peace in a Frantic World, myself and Danny Penman. Um, and another book, Deeper Mindfulness, is coming out later this year. And that's not just for people who've been severely depressed, which has been what a lot of our research has been about, but for everybody. How can everybody apply those things in their life? Professor Mark, I think a lot of people would also want to know what, what is the um, impact of clutter, uh, of a cluttered home on one's mental state? Well, I think there's quite a lot of evidence from those who are experts in decluttering that it can get you down it can upset you to have too many things around you that 
you don't really need right then because it, they just remind you of things that you haven't done. So clutter, you might say clutter is a problem, but it's not so much the problem as, as why it's there. Often we've been meaning to sort things out for a while, but we put it off. We feel as if there'll be a right time, but we procrastinate and we put it off and the right time never comes. And one of the things that psychology is discovering about when we, when we sort of push things away saying, oh, not now, what happens is that thing that we're sort of pushing away and trying to push out of our mind begins to feel more unpleasant. You know, if you've got a library book to take back and you've left it on the, on the you know, near the door, you know, maybe it feels like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do it next week. And every time you see the library book and sort of push it away in your mind, the library book takes on more and more negativity. So, and of course, the library book hasn't done anything to deserve that. It's just lying there waiting to be taken back to the library. But every time you see it and say, not now, it makes it slightly more negative. This is something we discuss in the, the Deeper Mindfulness book. So I think the thing is that the clutter, it's not the clutter in itself that's often the problem, or that can be a problem. It's actually that it just reminds us of unfinished tasks. And therefore, um, that just, we have to push it away out of our mind because we've got other things to do. And every time you push it away, it gets more negative and that takes our mood lower and lower. So I think the thing to do is to, if you need to clean up, and I think the decluttering experts say this again, limit the time yes. so that you still have energy to spare. Uh Professor uh, Mark Williams, uh, thank you very much for taking your time out. I'm sure a lot of people, um, this would have helped a lot of people, and especially answering their um, questions and queries. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, and I hope that you and your listeners are well. Brilliant. Thank have you. You too. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, some very uh, interesting points that we uh, learned about mm. the no, Professor Marks, um, you know, fantastically mentioned all those points, uh, very articulate um, as one would expect, uh, and helped us to understand the topic further. Um, and it's, you know, it's always a privilege having the uh, the experts with us, helping us navigate through these um, very intriguing and thought-provoking topics. Um, I think we'll take a short break now, and after the break, we'll uh, continue with this segment. But um, stay tuned. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Asalaamu Alaikum, dear listeners, and uh, welcome back to the Thursday edition of The Breakfast Show. We hope that you are enjoying the show this morning. If you do like to get involved or would like to get involved, please do so. You can ring us on 0208-687-7878. Uh, we do welcome your views your comments and your suggestions. And uh, if you'd like to actually, like, like I said, talk about this particular topic or contribute to this particular segment, uh, please do so. You can also tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. So, mm. like we were discussing, um, you know, it, it's funny how the, you know, being mindful, I think it's, it's 
is is something that's I think we're seeing more and more, and, and especially what Professor um, Williams touched upon there. When you're working, and a lot of us nowadays we're just stuck in front of PCs or laptops, mm-hmm. you know, if, mm-hmm. especially you're doing office work, and it's good to just have a little break from from there, you know, sometimes from the screen, mm-hmm. and just like organize yourself and then mm-hmm. you know take a little break. It's amazing because we did this exercise at work actually yeah. the other day. And we were just told to look away from the screens mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. get up, stand up, and just walk around and do some breathing exercise. Mm. And honestly, yeah. when we came back to the, oh, well, that's the way I felt, mm-hmm. but when we came back to the PCs or back to our mm-hmm. computers, mm. it was so much calmer. And it was a nice little break. And it was, in a way, I felt like re energized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was only like for 10 minutes, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know you see that nowadays, um, like I'm talking about myself again, um, I, I work from home, so I'm in front of the mm-hmm. computer all the time, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to pull yourself away. Even when you're on your break, mm-hmm. you want to be you know, doing some work, not because you've got so many deadlines. It's just because I enjoy my work, mm-hmm. but that's a bad habit. And then when you're taking these principles into mind and mindfulness, you kind of need to, you know. Give yourself the break. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, some some companies would argue that that's not productive. You know, there are some offices um, that don't even allow you to take a minute's break. Um, you know, you're non-stop there, and the whole mm-hmm. work environment is very depressing. God forbid. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, like you mentioned, yes. um, having these these breaks will increase, if anything, productivity. Um, and employee mental health. We are sort of digressing from the topic, but again, it sort of all does tie in. Um, having the ability to be in the moment, I guess. I guess it's all really about being in the moment, being mindful, being conscious, um, and then having the surroundings or the environment around you, which is clean, you know, um, very much so sustainable, productive. Um, all of these key sort of words. Um, mm-hmm. That's very beautifully put. Uh, I think. I think. When you're saying being mindful about what's around us and and being appreciative of what we have, mm. I think again, again, that for me goes back to what we as 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 Muslims, as members of society, or we are that we are always mindful of how we treat other people, how we treat people that are um, perhaps going through dif- difficulties, for example, yeah. going through different mm-hmm. challenges, and that how we are mindful of how. Us as Muslims, mm-hmm. we believe that everything that we get is from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That therefore, we show an appreciation. You know, 100%. And I think we're in a very, um, we're in a very lucky position that we can have this discussion. We can think this way. Because in other parts of the world, in the developing parts of the world, mm-hmm. having this thought will have a significant or dramatic effect on you know, a person's wages, for example. If they were to set aside for a couple of minutes, um, you know, they simply don't have the luxury, mm-hmm. uh, if we put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this this sort of mentality is the mentality of, dare I say, uh, an advanced um, community or country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows us to further flourish and prosper. There's also talks, mind you, mm. of a four-day week. Yes. Um, oh, so yeah, heard about those. Cancelling yeah. out one day, and there are some companies which mm. are introducing this mm. to um, improve the employee productivity and, mm-hmm. and happiness and all of those things. So, this is where the developed world is um, heading towards, and I think it's it's a positive thing, um, and we should definitely promote 
um, everything and anything to do with positivity. I think, you know, it's interesting what you mentioned there about the four-day week. You know, many, many years ago, it was common uh, practice that Sundays would be the day off for yeah. people. And then what we found is that our society has developed and grown yeah. that we have, you know, fortunately, or fortunately have to work on Sundays now. Yeah. And then what that does is, it, it, I this is just my opinion, my trail of the fault. Mm. So um, please try to stick with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was trying to say was that because Sundays used to be a holy day, especially in Western society, right? Mm -hmm. You would have the, the practice, you go to church, and you come home and you have your Sunday lunch, right? <coughs> your Sunday roast, your Sunday dinner, whatever it was called. But that was important, one, for breaking the week, mm -hmm. for the, the really busy week, and two, it was family time. Exactly, yeah. So now, if you remove that, which is what's happened, what do you think has happened? What do you, do you see in society now? Mm -hmm. You have many problems. People are getting overtired. People mm -hmm. are overworking. You know, people Don't are at breaking point mm -hmm. yeah. because they've their mindfulness, their sanity, their their, their their mental health, their mental state. And I'm not just talking about them. They. I'm talking about everyone, all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you overwork yourself. Mm -hmm. You you work yourself into the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know it has a knock-on effect. This is why I'm like, like talking about mindfulness, and this is why I'm really enjoying the show because there's a lot of things here that I'm learning. That as as someone that works from home, the things that I can do to improve my environment, yeah, and also to also be mindful about how I work at home, you know. Yeah, and what you've mentioned is very, very much so the case. Mm. Um, we've recently moved to the country, right? And on Sundays you go there, yes. And it's just quiet in the in the markets. Beautiful. There's nothing happening. Yes. On the roads, it's extremely quiet. Yes. But comparatively, you come here to London, and suddenly oh, yeah. it's a working day. Yes. <laughs> you know, everybody's open. Um, it's as if it's it's a normal working day. So having that balance between um, making sure that you do take time off for yourself, having that mindfulness is imperative on making sure that the family in general. Also, I think it all ties back to the family system too, that you give time to your family. The the breadwinner, should we say, um, whether it's a male or the female, um, you know, should have that a time allocated for their family, so that they can also, um, you know, move forward together, should we say? Exactly, and I think, you know, when you were mentioning earlier about um, TikTok, for example, how you know, people are putting posts on there, and um, I think it's like for me, it's like people have some sort of missing element in their life so what they're looking for to try to fill that gap so if we don't have spirituality or religion you no know, like for us we know we muslims and we turn to god you know for solace for comfort and we have our five daily prayers and we have our routine mm. but then i think if you start taking certain things like that away and you you're just working all the time and you forget and you're not mindful of mm -hmm. of your duties and then there is a gap so that's why i think people are turning to all these online platforms because mm. there is a gap there's mm. something missing, missing in their yes. hearts and their souls and their yeah. minds uh, but that's why again going back to what you were saying earlier about yeah. parenting mm. um, you know it, the, our global caliph the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association may Allah strengthen his hand he said you know us as parents you have to make your home a home of peace and quiet and tranquility a refuge for your children and also as a parent you should be able to make your children come to you Mm -hmm. as your friend mm -hmm. so that they can discuss things with you because exactly, yeah. ultimately what will happen uh, keeping all of this um, uh, topic of mindfulness and calmness at home mm -hmm. in mind 
if they can't come to you, if your home is not a place of refuge and peace and tranquility, and you're not their friend as a parent, and you're not looking after them, mm-hmm. ultimately what will happen is, like you said, they're going to seek pleasure and uh, uh, and assurance and mm-hmm. b- try to be accepted mm-hmm. outside yeah. of society. You know? yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, as, rightfully, as you mentioned, yeah. family time is very vital, very important. Yeah. Um, like people on Sundays, as you said, that you would have at least family dinner. Yes. But in my personal opinion, yeah. I think there should be one meal a day mm. where you know everybody gets together, sits together, puts their phones away, and yeah. you know you sit down, have your food together, and talk about things, talk about your daily lives. Yeah. People are living in the same house, and you know it's sad to see that they're strangers to each other. Exactly. It's crazy. You know this. I think this tradition or this practice, um, our elders, you know, at least did. Um, and as the younger generations do come forward, it's diminishing, which is um, frightening to say the least. Um, on the point, Brother Khalid, which you mentioned about routine and the five daily prayers, I think it's it's paramount to having the the stability that we require as humans. Yes. Um, because of the way that you know Professor Mark Williams is talking about you know, the busyness of the, the life that we will live, mm. um, especially some of us in offices, mm-hmm. having that routine. Having the time out for worshipping, yes. um, it's absolutely paramount to having a stable mental health, at least from where we stand, our beliefs as religious mm-hmm. individuals. Um, and we believe that, you know, prayer is that one thing or that one practice, should we say, which allows us to um, take leave of this world, metaphorically, of course, Um and remember our true purpose, at least here on earth. That's that's very beautifully put because what that what springs to mind when you mentioned that I, you know, when thinking about the holy month of Ramadan, you know, when you're you're focusing on your spirituality, for me and I'm sure a lot of Muslims around the world, that is the best time of the year for us because mm-hmm. we're getting that closeness to God and we're making that actual concerted effort to sort of uh, reignite our mm-hmm. spirit, spirituality, mm-hmm. our our faith. And try to better ourselves, mm-hmm. and by doing so, you know I find Ramadan the most fantastic part of the year. We, we we're getting mm-hmm. that spiritual closeness. Mm-hmm. I feel so much calmer, so much happier, mm-hmm. so much more motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sort of mm-hmm. rushing to think, oh yeah, I need to eat now. Uh, let's have a quick break. You just you know your mind is cleansing itself, your body is cleansing itself, mm-hmm. and it's so lovely and mm-hmm. peaceful and. By doing that, by getting closer to God, you ultimately are getting that calmness that we, that we all so seek. Do, yeah, yeah that and so Exactly, and talking of worship, I think it's also very um, <clears throat> important mm. to mention congregational oh, yes. uh, prayers because that that has an effect on your, um, uh, not, not just your spirituality, but mm. also on your mental health. Mm. For example, going to the mosque, mm. seeing people, yes. rubbing shoulder to shoulder, mm. You know, saying uh, "Salam alaikum, peace be upon you." Yes. Praying with uh, somebody, and may you might not even know them. Yes. You know, it has an effect on your mental health. Similarly, even if you uh, are praying at home, uh, if you pray in congregation with your family, with your wife, with your children, with your brothers, with your sisters, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's another way. It obviously, it has spiritual benefits, but again, it's bringing you um, closer together. It's having an effect on your mental health and your mental health. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think there's nothing nicer when you are able to um, perform your prayers mm. um, or your daily worship with other people. Mm. It's, 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 you feel, I think, more, I definitely feel more fulfilled. And we, have, of course, 
looking at the teachings of Islam, mm-hmm. there's so many more blessings in praying mm-hmm. as a congregation. And look, look what happened in lockdown. Unfortunately, you know, we were everyone was restricted. We were all stuck at home, so mm-hmm. you know, we obviously you know had to do what we could at home. Mm-hmm. But then there was this eagerness. I think it was so lovely mm-hmm. when the doors were opened and the restrictions mm-hmm. were removed that we could go back to the mosque mm-hmm. and pray side by side with our exactly, uh, our yeah. brothers and sisters. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, um, it's very I think a key topic, um, a huge topic rather. Uh, and His Holiness actually delivered an address on the twenty third of April two thousand and four, in which he stated that the Elucidating on the subject, um, His Holiness did, in fact, um, truly gain um, and said that gaining divine closeness when one develops apparent physical um, as well as spiritual purity and that apparent purity and cleanliness sustains inner purity. Islam enjoins taking um, of bath at the very least each Friday and ablution before prayers and endorses using perfume before going to the mosque on large gatherings. His Holiness also said that rationale behind this is to create an ambience conducive to mutual coordinates. So I think everything that we do do um, um, certainly has a huge part to play on our um, you know, mental health. Um, everything that we practically do um, has a huge part um, on how we do indeed perform. Um, and it's, I think, imperative that we also um, understand why we do these things. It's because of the uh, the ability to distress and unwind um, when we are returning from, you know, whether it's work or before we're sleeping. Uh, and if we are in a well-organized space and we do feel comfortable, daily activities and chores become easier and more doable. Um, and so... Effectively, what happens is that we remove our stresses and anxieties. Definitely, uh, yeah. exactly. I, I think when you're looking even at the the various um, <coughs> excuse me the various um, parts of the prayer, when you're the prostrations, for example, all these these things are are in a way you know um, different parts of like meditation. I would say, hundred um, percent. And you know, like, like we mentioned earlier on, the way that we spoke with the professor. Um, and the whole conversation with that we've had this morning about this topic, it really allows us to further enhance our abilities in making sure that we just take a step back um, as if we were, you know, our own shadow. Um, Very and, good. And look at our reflection and see, you know, why are we working the way that we are? Mm. Um, and is there a greater purpose here to achieve? Beautifully put. Um, if, if you just permit me, gentlemen, I should be uh, playing a quick audio clip. And let's just have a look. Uh, this is with regards, obviously, to the subject um, at hand here. My question is, with the coronavirus pandemic, we have seen a massive impact on people's mental health, with depression and anxiety increasing. This has also affected many khudam. How would al-Khuzur recommend a khadim deals with these issues? Allah Ta'ala says, Allah that remembrance, my remembrance, and my zikr will satisfy your hearts. So, during these days, we should try to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Offer our prayers fervently five times, if possible, in congregation. And 
also do some zikr, say Dhruv Sharif, Istighfar, and seek Allah's guidance and help by walking, then Allah Ta'ala will give you comfort and strengthen your heart. So those were, the, again, the wise words of our beloved Caliph, the fifth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association, excuse me, Hazrat Mizam Masur Ahmad, may Allah strengthen his hand, and uh, um, some beautiful words there, no doubt, uh, uh, you know, guiding us. Oh, exactly. Um, and what you find is in, in, in the, the, a lot of our mosques, um, you find this verse, which is Elinus just quoted, that the hearts do indeed find comfort in the remembrance of Allah. Um, and that really is the synopsis of our religion. Um, you know, making sure that the, you know, if everybody does leave you, um, you always know it's guaranteed that, you know, Allah the Almighty would always be by your side um, and you'll certainly find comfort in his remembrance. Definitely. Uh, can I just put the question out there to you, gentlemen? What what do you do to sort of create a quiet or, you know, home environment or a peaceful home environment? So I, th- I think it's very important to, as we mentioned, to be o- organized and uh, to do small things such as um, even, um, you know, trying to have as much natural light as you can in your house. Um, having plants is uh, very important. Yes. And, uh, you know, just uh, washing up, um, putting your clo- clo- clothes in the laundry, being organized. Um, if you, I mean, your your bedroom should be should be immaculate should always be clean mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's the place where you you're, you're going to sleep you're going to get a rest it hasn't the, the right effect on your um, on your abilities on, yeah you're exactly. exactly right um you know i love being organized quite frankly and i'm sure you guys do too so it really does help your your routine yes. um, and your ability to go about your day in the correct manner that you know you would want to rather than having obstacles and hurdles yes um and other bits and pieces but um before i you know continue my little um speech here um <laughs> it's very important that we do introduce our second guest um very warm welcome to professor uh, madonna collingwood hi thank hi. you for having me Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Professor. Um, Professor Madonna is the founder of Studio Institute Denver, um, founder and educator, and a professional in the building trades field. She has designed a six-month accelerated program here at Studio Institute Denver, and she teaches students everything they need to know to start a career in building trades without the £100,000 college price tag. Madonna specializes in CAD, CAD, SketchUp, Photoshop, 3D modeling, and rendering. And she also has in-depth knowledge and has completed research on WELL and LEED, occupant-focused design, and space planning. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Professor, if I could firstly start off by asking you about your belief uh, into a calm and mindful home um, and how it can be achieved. Well, I teach my at Studio Institute Denver is for um, homes and also for commercial building and construction is to create spaces designed with the occupant in mind. So we follow the International Well Building Institute standards in our designs where we take into consideration um, air quality, water quality, nourishment options, um, lighting, mental health, sound and thermal comfort when we create our designs and we think about how those factors would impact the people in the space to overall create a building where 
everyone that occupies the space will be healthier, happier, and more relaxed. Uh, Professor Madonna, I would also like to know what would be a bad home and its construction. And its uh, construction, what, what would it be like? I would say um, a space that was designed without focusing on the occupants, so with hazardous materials, um, improper installation, bad circulation pathways. Thank you for, for that, Professor. And. Uh, um, what more can be done to prevent the, the construction of um, these so-called bad homes? I think definitely um, more education and knowledge. What I teach students at my school is based in scientific research. So we look up articles and journals of proven studies to learn how to better create not only homes, but buildings, public transit stations, and all-around healthier cities. Brilliant. Thank you so much, um, Professor Madonna. We really do appreciate you coming here and joining us uh, this morning. Uh, we wish you a great day, and thank you again for your time. Thank you. Okay, peace be upon you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. So, um that was Professor Madonna Collingwood, uh, who is a founder and educator and a professional in the building trades field. So, gentlemen, we've had an excellent show today. Um, some really nice topics that we've discussed. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like we were saying, it's um, nice that they're, you know, related, both the topics that we're discussing, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've learned, I've learned quite a bit today, I must say. Um, and I'm sure you guys and indeed our listeners have done so too um, all the way from um, Feng Shui to mindfulness apologies for the mispronunciation which I'm sure I am doing um, <laughs> and, a, and you know a huge thanks I guess um, before we do end to our production team for producing you know such a fantastic and informative um, or informative segments should yes. I say um, producer being Gafi uh, Latif and Hania Sajid um, and the researchers in Sadi Ahmed, Kanta Khan, Halima Ahmed, um, and Waqe Khan. Um, it's you know been an absolute uh, privilege to be talking about these topics, topics perhaps that we may have never even given a second thought to. Um, perhaps um, uh, our listeners um, wouldn't have either. So um, I guess for tomorrow's topics, they will be talking about British Airways unveils new uniform, including hijab um, well second, that's very interesting oh yeah, no it yeah. is indeed um, and the second being how your mood affects the way you process language so very informative um, topics and God willing as uh, we do advance and progress here at the Voice of Islam these topics um, will continue as they have done so um, enlightening all of us and indeed um, helping us to understand the, the world that we do live in and absolutely, we must not forget, uh, we must thank P Professor Mark Williams and Professor Modona for their um, insight and taking their time out uh, and uh, answering uh, our questions and um, definitely helping and affecting so many people. Exactly, and, and we've learned so much from, from both of them. And uh, of course, we want to um, say a big, uh, huge thanks to our uh, technical expert, Mr. Zishan. Thank you for assisting us through... Um, 
<laughs> the technology today. Mm, oh, indeed. So the, um, we will, God willing, be uh, catching you uh, uh, next week as we um, will be presenting on the thri- Thursday breakfast show. Apologies, it's been a, been a long morning. Um, <laughs> before we will us here, Assalamu alaikum and peace be upon you. And um, we will catch you next week. <laughs>